0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We're going to be recapping this week's Real Houses of Atlanta. But before we get into any of that, we got to talk about the New Jersey of Dell, because the gals are fighting. Prostitution whore! That's right. Teresa Giudice walked down the aisle. It happened. She married Louie. She was styled by 16 bottles of Aquanet and a prayer. Hair to the high heavens. I loved it. I loved it. If you haven't seen the hair and the outfit, you need to go Google it immediately because it's fantastic. It is exactly what I would want from a New Jersey wedding. Now, is it ridiculous and unhinged? It certainly is. But that's why I loved it. Like Bonnie Raitt, Teresa gives us something to talk about. And so I'm thrilled for that. It would have been upsetting if she walked on the aisle in a basic-ass white dress with a plain-ass hairdo. Instead, she gave us costumes. She gave us glamour. She gave us the nanny. She had style. She had flair. She was there. She's Teresa Giudice, and I loved it. And everyone was at this wedding. Everyone, Housewives from every city we had. Cynthia Bailey was there. Kenya Moore was there. Chanel Ayan was there. Ashley Darby was there. Dorinda Medley was there. Supposedly, didn't Ramona get an invite? But I didn't see one footage of Ramona at this wedding. Did she get disinvited after she leaked all the details? What happened there? Did anyone get any... I bet she got disinvited. I bet That's what Teresa did. She said, uh, you're not coming to the wedding no more. And so Ramona got disinvited. Unless there's some footage out there that I just missed. There was so much. It was like Andy's baby shower. we all weekend. I'm like scrolling, refreshing. I'm looking at everyone's. Suddenly I'm like looking at uh, people's Instagram handles that I don't even follow. I'm like, okay, I got to see more footage. I got to mainline the footage to my veins because I need to see it. And so I saw Jill Zarin was there. So so many people were at this wedding. But you know who was not there? You know who did not make it to watch Teresa and Louis walk down the aisle? Rosie and Kathy. (laughs) In In all seriousness, that's who. I'm not. I'm not talking about them. They weren't there, of course. But Melissa and Joe were not there. Now here's what happened. Allegedly, they got into a fight. During the finale taping of The Real House in Jersey the upcoming season, allegedly Teresa had said something about Melissa cheating on Joe, and so they didn't show up to the wedding, despite the fact that all the other Real House in Jersey cast members were there. Marge was there. Jackie was there. Jennifer was in the wedding. Dolores was in the wedding. So everyone from Jersey was there except for Melissa and Joe. I couldn't believe it. And then Melissa and Joe were posting on their social media, so I also had to follow them. I mean not follow. I had to follow on their stories, see what happened because they were posting like, oh, I'm with Melissa's family. This is real family. They were posting and they were hanging out and dancing with uh, Melissa's godfather. She's like, look at my godfather. Look at how fun my family is. And then meanwhile, the sister-in-law is getting married and Joe's not there. I was devastated about it. And speaking of Joes, the other Joes in the other country, he put out a statement saying he wishes his wife happiness, his ex-wife happiness. But he says he feels bad for Louis because Louie's going to have to deal with the Gorgas. Girl, this is some drama. This is some drama going on in Jersey. I mean, for a wedding and for a, a group of people who's all about family. I can't believe that this family has been torn apart from this TV show. And then I even saw at the wedding, There's this, somebody posted this footage of Teresa giving the toast. And she says, Louis says, uh, I want to cheers to all of our family here and to all of our friends. And then Teresa grabs the microphone. And she says, and to my chosen family. Girl, oh my God, I got the chills. And I do just want happiness for Teresa. You know, that's all I want for our tree. I want her to be happy. She's been through it all. She's gone through the ringer with the other one, with the prison. She went to away. And now I just want to find happiness. And this man better be good to her, this Louis. Despite the fact that we've seen so many red flags, I think we need him to be nice. So Louis, if you're out there listening to Everything Iconic on your honeymoon, <laughs> if the two of you are tuning into Everything Iconic while you're on the honeymoon, I need you to listen to me, and we need to listen well. We need you to be nice to her. She's already been through it off. Okay, so you better not do anything. But what's going to happen with Melissa? And I'm glad we're finally acknowledging the fact that Melissa and Teresa don't like each other because they've been faking it and not making it for years now. For seasons after seasons, it's like they've been pretending like they're friends. And now, finally, the truth comes out. The truth is revealed. Like Shannon Bador said, we will all see the truth. And I'm hoping to see it next season on The Real House of New Jersey. And apparently it's been filmed for a wedding special. Oh, and I also had this theory that Melissa's ticket was given away to Chanel Ayan, who's from the Real House of Dubai. And we love Chanel as a great star on the network. But I don't believe that uh, Teresa all of a sudden developed enough of a friendship with Chanel that she was getting invited to the wedding. Because we've seen Teresa with the other housewives. Normally, Teresa don't even watch the other shows. I've seen different Instagram Lives she's done for Bravo's. Instagram, And it's like she's meeting with someone. And she doesn't even know who they are. So you mean to tell me that Teresa suddenly is watching the newest franchise, which isn't even done with their first season yet, suddenly developed a friendship? Here's what I think happened. So Chanel has been hobnobbing with all these other housewives from other cities. I've seen her in social media posts with all these other gals. And so I think she head on over to New York. Maybe she saw Teresa at a Watch What Happens Live or something. And then Teresa decided Melissa and Joe ain't coming to the wedding anymore. Now, Melissa was never going to be in the wedding, right? That was a point of contention already. We've heard about in social media, and it's been something that's been playing out amongst them already. So Melissa was just going to be at some table somewhere with Joe. They weren't even going to be in the bridal party. Not in the groom's party, the bridal party. So a spot opened up. So I believe that Teresa was like, okay, Chanel, you can come to the wedding. Like, come on by. Everyone else is coming. We got Phaedra Parks here. So might as well make it. So all these people, I actually think Chanel Ayan got one of the last minute invites. And believe you me, if I was one of those people who got a last minute invite, I'd been there too. I'd been there with bells on. I would have rented a suit, whatever suit I could find at the last second. I would have said, here I am, Teresa. Happy wedding. Manja. Let's eat. Like, what's happening? Because it was, seemed like the wedding of the century, now bravacon has got so much to live up to, because there's no way. All those housewives, there was this one footage I saw of all the housewives from all these cities. It was better than Ultimate Girls Trip. I got more serotonin to see uh, Dorinda, Phaedra, Kenya, Chanel, Ayan, Ashley Darby, and the whole Alexia was there from Miami. I saw this one video of them just walking a camera. You know, they're always doing these TikToks. Anytime the housewives from other cities get together, they're like, we got to do TikToks, and then... <laughs> And they're usually like really low budget TikToks. And this one was so funny because the one I'm talking about that I saw, it was like, they didn't even, they just walked toward camera. And here I am like snapping my fingers. I'm at home and I'm like clapping like a circus monkey. I'm like, "Woo!" <laughs> I was getting so excited just to see them all together but it's like the worst tiktok ever because they just they don't do anything they just walk towards the camera they're all sort of walking there's a new housewife in new jersey i think in the in the video and she just sort of walks off frame and before the rest of i mean it's a mess it's a mess but i love that they're like in the middle of a wedding reception And they're all there with different people. They're there with different dates and people from their real lives. And they just kick under the curb and they get out on the dance floor and they're like, we got to do a TikTok. And so they kick everyone off the dance floor. And I just imagine Kenya like throwing everyone off the dance floor and be like, this is for Housewives only. And then they probably – there's a lot of logistics to it too. I bet they're like, do we include Cynthia because she's no longer a housewife? Or do we not include Cynthia? Do we include the new girl from New Jersey or not because people don't know who she is? So I imagine there's a lot of politics. Jill wasn't in the TikTok. So I'm like, did they just decide, oh, we don't want Jill? But then Jill's been on all this hot water and people keep calling her thirsty. So maybe Jill was like, I don't want to be in that because everyone calls me thirsty. Uh, I don't I love it. I could use a limited series just about that one TikTok I saw. Just give me six episodes, mini-series about what uh, the logistics of getting that TikTok together. Remember on the Real House of Ultimate Girls trip, the first season, how they had that one, which, by the way, in that first season, it was like, oh, Melissa and Teresa are friends. And I remember everyone saying, like, oh, you could see they really get along. And I was like, actually, I see that they hate each other. That's all I've ever seen when they're on screen together. So I'm glad we're finally acknowledging, but... It does upset me that a show tore this family apart. It does. I can't help it. I'm Italian. I'm from the Midwest. I feel like I know these types of women and these people. And so I'm devastated about it, but I know I all anyone's really talking about that a whole Melissa feud was totally blown over by the fact that Teresa uh, threw the hair up to God. And so. No one's even talking about the Melissa of it all anymore. Saturday before the wedding, everyone's like, "I can't believe Melissa and Joe aren't going to be there." Then the wedding happens, and all anyone's talking about is the hair to God. And so that was some smart marketing move. I wouldn't be surprised if the PR woman, if someone from I know Bravo HQ was at the wedding getting Teresa ready, and was like, "Hey, we got to throw some more hair in there, put some more hairspray in, get it higher to the heavens, because we need someone to something to talk about other than the Melissa and Joe of it all." And so they turned that news story around, and suddenly all it was about was the hair. And I loved the hair. I loved the hair. It was completely ridiculous. Yes, it was insane. Yes, it was completely unhinged. Whoever decided on that hairstyle, yes, it's insane. But I loved it. I loved it. We should all be happy that we got to see it, because it would have been boring. I've seen too many Bravo wedding specials that are boring as fuck. You know, when they get the spinoff special, now I don't even need anything to happen in this spinoff special. I just want to figure out the logistics there, so that'll be enough. So God bless whoever's producing that spinoff special. They have the editors have the work cut out for them because it seems like they got so many storylines. And yes, I mentioned Rosie and Kathy, and I do wonder what they were doing last night. They're only cousins—that makes me upset too. The only cousins weren't there. So what? who of Teresa's family was there? And by the way, where does Antonia stand in all of this? Melissa and Joe's daughter. I saw all the other daughters in the bridal party, but what happened to Antonia? Because Antonia's got a relationship with Melania, Gia, the whole nine. So what happened to Antonia? Did she show up at the wedding, or was she with mom and dad? I don't think she was at the wedding. I didn't see any footage, but I wouldn't be surprised if she was caught in the middle. And I've said we need to mic up Antonia, because I feel like we've heard from Gia, we've heard from Melania, we've heard from those gals. But I need to hear from the other daughter. I need to hear from Joe and Melissa's daughter. So if somebody mic her up and let me hear what she has to say about mom and dad and Teresa and everybody. Because I haven't heard from her. We've seen Gia get in fights with the, her uncle. We've seen it all, but we've never seen Antonia get in the mix. And so somebody get a fucking mic on Antonia for next season or the wedding spinoff. I better get one whole episode of just how Antonia feels about this. Or Gino or the other, the sons, but mostly I want to hear from the daughter because they're the future. The children are the future in the words of our dear Whitney Houston. I also want to know what did they listen to on the dance floor? I saw a couple, what their first dance was. Um, was it the Elvis song? By the way, I saw that Elvis movie, Austin Butler. I finally saw it. I liked it. It was a little long, but yes, I was wet from Austin Butler moving on. Uh, I think, was it, I can't help falling in love. Her wedding song was something that I feel like is a lot of people's wedding songs, but I love it. I always think you need to go outside the box a little bit for the wedding, for the first dance, for the bride and groom, or the bride and bride, or the groom and groom. I feel like it should be a slow song, but it should be something a little more obscure. Let's get an S Club 7 Never Had a Dream Come True as your wedding song. Let's get something off the beaten path, not an I Can't Help Falling in Love, or a. Or I remember Britney and Jax did that Shania Twain song, which you know I love my Shania. You know, I love her, but I still think we should do like a, a B-side, Shania. But what were the? What did they eat at the wedding? I need more details. And so I know we're going to get at the wedding special, but uh, I'm glad we got to talk about it here. I felt like we had so much to discuss with the New Jersey, and I, I know we have the Atlanta episode that we'll get to. But did I miss anything else from the wedding? Melissa wasn't there. We're going to find out more. Going to go to com for more information on this wedding. But I need to know exactly what happened. I guess it's going to play out on the next season of Real House in New Jersey, but that's what I'm hearing, is that it was a cheating rumor that Tree had thrown out about Melissa and Joe. But really, it's it's never about what it's about, right? Those two just hate each other, and they were trying to pretend, and I think we're in for an explosive new season of New Jersey. And I think Jersey's been giving us to us good TV for the past few seasons. I think they've had a really good run. I'm even more excited because early season when it was all about how Melissa and Teresa hated each other those are the best the best years best years of our lives and so I'm thankful that they're finally giving us another season I'm thankful to both of them although I do tend to side with Teresa and I know this is not popular you guys yell at me you guys yell at me I get it You're gonna be in my DMs I tweeted about how I loved her hairdo and everyone's yelling people are in my DMs like shut the fuck up <laughs> people, were, people were really mad at it and I'm like but it's insane and I love it and that's what we want from our reality stars. I don't want a reality star to give me some basic-ass hairdo. I'd be fucking pissed. This is a reality star gives us a hairstyle like that. And so God bless. Prostitution whore! <laughs> I love my prostitution whores over in Jersey. Love them! Uh, okay, anything else in the House of the Universe that we need to talk about? We should get into the Real House of Atlanta. They're in Jamaica. I'm cruising through Jamaica. I'm cruising through Jamaica, finally. Before they actually get to Jamaica, though, we do see them getting ready. Sheree is also meeting with her team, and she says, in terms of the models for She by Sheree, we don't even have the actual clothing yet, but she is planning on the models, and she says, I need models with nice titties. And they agree. Her team agrees. They're like, yes, we'll uh, figure that out. We'll get some nice titty models. And so I appreciate that. Marla, we see her at home. Her 30 days are almost up, so she's finally going to get the nephews back. Kenya's getting ready for Jamaica. And Kenya talks to Drew, and they talked to, about Sonia's rules for Jamaica that she presented last week. Remember, on the bulletin board or whatever at the party, Sheree's uh, uh, party city party. So... There's already some tension between Kenya and Sonia, and we see in the upcoming preview for next week that it's going to come to a head, right? But this week on the show, we just get the little seedlings were released, or what's the saying? The seedlings were, what's the saying I'm looking for? They were planting the seeds. Why couldn't I think of that? Planting the seeds. They were planting the seeds of the Kenya and Sonia of it all. And I loved it. I actually thought they were going to get a big fight because Sonia put the rose petals in Kenya's room. I didn't think she was going to take that well. Did anyone else feel that way? When Sonia's like, oh yeah, Kenya's birthday's coming up, so I put rose petals on. And meanwhile, Kenya was already pissed that she had to invite a plus one and didn't have a plus one, so she was pissed at Sonia about that. So I actually think that was Sonia being shady. Like, I think Sonia did that purposely to piss off Kenya, and so I think she thought when Kenya got into the room, she'd be like, "What are all these fucking rose petals?" But instead, Kenya liked it. But they do get in a fight later on, and maybe that'll come up because I feel like that's going to be a point of contention. Anyone else feeling that way? Uh, but before they even get on the trip, Kenya's talking to Drew, and she's like talking about those stupid party rules that she says uh, your food at a party should not taste like ashy feet, which I think is a good rule of thumb for any party. Anyone planning a any party out there? I think it's a good rule of thumb. Then we see Sonia, she's she's uh, working out for Jamaica with tyrell who's married to her sister and he's training ross and sonya which is funny because like they're not doing drop it with drew you know they got a drop it with drew workout program right in the cast and they're like not interested (laughs) drop it with drew they did one class and everyone's like that's enough of that anyway uh it's it's really fascinating to see the whole family and the kids were so cute i loved watching the kids do their push-up contest or whatever And they were doing a good job, push-ups. I mean, they weren't real push-ups, by the way. But they were good. Those kids were doing a good job. Then we see Drew and Ralph. Now, the Drew and Ralph scenes, we haven't gotten like a, a scene like this in quite a few weeks. Doesn't it feel like at the beginning of the season, we were getting all that Drew and Ralph stuff where they had that anniversary dinner or something, and then they stormed out? It was like a big old mess. And now we're getting another big old mess scene because Ralph seemingly hates his wife, Drew. And she's drinking a gallon of lemonade to get ready for the Jamaica trip. Ralph reveals that he's not adopting Josiah, which I think we had talked about a couple of weeks ago, but it's something they talk about again. But he is writing a book about parenting. Now, this is all so bizarre. And I feel I feel like every time I'm watching a Drew and Ralph scene, you know that meme of that woman who's doing math in her head? You know? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they like put the math over the woman trying to like figure out the math? You guys know what I mean. Or uh, what's that movie, A Beautiful Mind, where Russell Crowe's on the chalkboard? That's how I always feel when I'm watching the Drew and Ralph scene, because it just doesn't make any sense to me. And so Ralph is explaining, and I swear, this week in particular, I was sitting down, taking copious notes. And I paused it. When we got to the scene with Drew and Ralph talking about the book, I paused it and I said, let me get my bearings. I said a little prayer. said, dear Lord, holy Jesus, let me get through this Drew and Ralph scene by understanding where these two are coming from. So that's the headspace that I was in before we even really got into the Drew and Ralph scene. I stopped myself. I paused it. I grabbed my bearings. I made sure I wasn't… Uh, falling over, blacked out or unsure of where I was in space and time. I needed to get my bearings before I got into the scene. And then when we did, I didn't understand any of it because I don't get – you're writing the parenting book, and I'm not saying that he's not a parent. I'm just saying then he doesn't want to officially adopt Josiah because he met with the Josiah's biological dad who said he'd be upset if they uh, – whatever – it's all very convoluted. I don't understand the book process. He has someone named 13th and Joan Publishing House who comes over. The publisher comes over and says, uh, ready to do the book. And then Drew says, I didn't even know about the book until recently. And she should be the one writing the book because she is the star of the show. I mean, Ralph has just been a side character on a Housewives franchise for one season, I, they need to have a little time for us to get to know these people before they're putting out books left and right. Meanwhile, Drew has no idea about the fucking book. And then Ralph's like, hey, can you write the forward? And Drew's like, uh, I don't even know what the fuck it's about. Will you at least share with me what the book is about? And no one can tell her what the book's about. So she even asked the publisher, and they said something, but it was not a clear explanation of what they're writing. And he's like, oh, Drew, you'll see it later. Well, then don't make her fucking write the forward. Like if you want her to write the forward, you should have to show her the book, bare minimum. <laughs> and of course we know that Ralph didn't do it. Either that woman who was the publisher who wrote the book or they hired a ghostwriter. None of these people write their own books. Okay. So it's not like Ralph was sitting down in front of the computer. So he might not have even known what the book was about quite yet. Because the ghostwriter was probably off somewhere doing an and I'm figuring it all out for him. And then he didn't get the pages yet. So maybe that's why he didn't have a clear explanation for Drew of what's it about. But then meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh, is Drew going to have to sit and write the forward Or is she going to hire the ghostwriter to write the forward? I don't know, TBD. Uh, But the publisher says that the family should be on the back cover. So let's break this down for a second. They want Drew to write a forward and be in photos on the book. Now, it's not the front cover, but it's the back cover, which you're still going to see on the book. And Drew doesn't even know what the book's about or what's in it about her. She actually is suspicious that there might be some mean things or bad things about her parenting or that her as a person or the way she – has her relationships, and no one will tell her anything, and they're expecting her to sell it with her face, her likeness, and her forward. What the fuck? It's unacceptable. And then they want to celebrate with some champagne, and I'm like, you guys should not be celebrating champagne until you get those books. Until you get the box of books, do not celebrate it. I'm going to read it. I wasn't going to read it, but now, after the scene with the publisher, I'm like, what the fuck is that book about? Well, what the fuck? I need some answers. (laughs) Need some answers. Then all the gals get ready on the Sprinter and go to the airport. Now, this was early in the morning, and so I was really fascinated by all their hair and makeup because I thought, are they going to have their hair and makeup people arrive at their houses at 4 in the morning so that the Sprinter bus can pick them up at 5 in the morning? That's early. Meanwhile, they all got their plus ones. Marlo Brandt brought her friend and florist, which <laughs> let's all discuss this for at least 45 minutes. Now, Marlo's plus one was a florist. And she says she'd rather have flowers in her room than dick. She <laughs> I don't agree with that. Especially, uh, I like a, a bouquet of flowers on the counter or something, but they always upset my allergies. And so, you know what doesn't upset my allergies? A dick. I would much rather have a dick because I'm not going to be sniffling and sneezing all day from a dick. I might have a little bit of a sore throat, but it's going to be just a little sore throat, not from allergies with the flowers. Ladies, am I right? Meanwhile, how's this man supposed to get the flowers? He's in Jamaica, he's on a vacation, and he's going to have to go to the corner market to get some flowers for the hotel room. Unacceptable. Uh, Kenya's plus one canceled at the last minute. I was hoping that it would have been some of the former cast members we've had. Like, the remember back in the day, they would have Miss Lawrence come, or Kenya's friend Brandon, or you know, there were all these kind of side characters that we would get on the cast trip. Meanwhile, Kenya's wasting that plus one. Although she didn't really fully waste it until later in the episode with the... With the John guy. Oh, I have so many thoughts about John. I'm excited to talk about him. But they arrive. Todd asks Marlowe if her florist are, uh her and her florist are platonic. But he says, are you Potomac? So Todd is getting confused. <laughs> that was so funny. He's like, are you and your florist Potomac? But he meant platonic, but he was saying Potomac. Because, you know, Todd has like heard the word Potomac a bunch of times, being in the Bravo universe. And that happens. I get that. As someone who takes notes and talks about these women, it's like these terms sneak into your head. And it's like, I never really thought much about the city of Potomac my whole life. I think I probably maybe heard it a couple of times, but I've certainly never said the word Potomac until Karen and company come on our screens. And then suddenly I'm talking about Potomac left and right at the grocery store at the bank teller anywhere I go. I'm like, hey, do you watch Potomac? And it's like, that's a word I never used to say. And now suddenly I'm saying it every five minutes. So I got that with Todd. You know, these words, the Bravo words just float into your head. And then suddenly you're saying prostitution, horror, left and right. Prostitution, horror. Did anyone say that before? <laughs> Has anyone used the term prostitution whore? Never once was that in our lexicon, and suddenly Teresa Gidice flips a table and calls uh, Danielle Staub a prostitution whore after she was engaged 19 times, and we're saying it left and right. We're adding it to the dictionary. Is it in the real dic? I wonder if it's in Webster Dictionary, prostitution whore. It's certainly probably an urban dictionary, but is it in Webster's? Web? Is it Webster or Webster's? Is there an S on the end of that? Unclear. Anyway, I get it, Todd. I get it. Uh, Candy says that Marlo doesn't want them to see her sponsors, meaning like the money that Marlo gets. That's why she didn't invite one of those sponsors on the vacation as the plus one. Oh, I loved it. Except for I'm sad about the candy in Marloweville. I think Marlowe goes a little below the belts. And by a little, I mean a lot. And it upset me because I do like candy. I know that's not as popular. You guys yell at me. You're like, I don't like candy. But I felt like it's a little too too much. They do arrive at the hotel. Candy's been there before. It's Ocean Eden Bay Sonia gets all the keys to hand out, and I got nervous about this, because I like on the Real Houses in New York when they all fight over the rooms. But it seemed like nobody was fighting about the rooms on this trip. Sonia gave everyone a nice room, which made me a little upset. She did the rose petals for Kenya. Todd's not drinking on this trip. He's taking a little breather. And Kenya immediately finds this hottie named John. And the Jamaica looks beautiful. It does look stunning. But as they were cruising through on their golf carts I'm cruising through Jamaica. That's when Kenya spots this hottie named John. And immediately they stop the golf carts. Now I was fascinated by this pickup, but more importantly, I was fascinated by Candy being so hungry in the golf cart behind him because you know when Candy's angry? All bets are off. It's like Candy's calm, cool, and collected until she's hangry. And then you don't want to fuck with her. And I was getting really excited because I'm like, oh, my God, Candy, we just heard her kept saying, like, I need to get something to eat. <laughs> I think, you know, on the Bravo world, how we always talk about the timestamps when it says 12, 14 p.m. And then a couple minutes later, it'll say 2 p.m. And we get the timestamps. And we always know that's a sign of a good Bravo episode. Well, I think over here on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, it's a sign of a good Bravo episode when Candy's hangry. So I know that if at some point in the early part of the episode, we're going to get a great episode because Candy's going to say, I'm hungry. If I don't get some food in me, I'm going to snap. And then we know eventually she will snap. And it didn't happen early in the episode. Candy did get food, but she did snap later in the episode. So it, the, the, the thing works. It's true. Candy's hungry. It's going to be a good episode. Get her hangry. And I bet producers do that on purpose. I bet you they are just like, we need to make sure candy doesn't get any food in her. <laughs> make sure, make sure candy doesn't fucking eat because we need a good app. You know, if it's slow for a couple weeks or something, nothing's going on in the housewives. Like, just make sure candy doesn't get some food and then we'll have something good happen. And it happened. She's hungry. Uh, beautiful resort. Beautiful, beautiful resort. Shrey is about to take a dump in Marlo's room. That's right. While they're looking at the rooms, they're stopping at, I believe it was Marlo's room, and Sheree's like, I have to use the restroom. And she reveals that she's got to take a deuce. And Marlo's like, Sheree, you cannot take a deuce in here, because remember that time in the car where Sheree was farting? And I don't know what's going on with her digestive system. I'm just saying maybe Sheree should see a gastroenterologist. Maybe make an appointment or something. Because that, I understand digestive issues. So maybe I think Sheree just needs to get it worked out because she's just having scene after scene. And you know that if they're showing us this, much more is happening behind the scenes. Do you get what I mean? So if they're showing us one week Sheree, uh, letting loose, letting them rip in the car on the way to the, uh, other cast trip. And then this week they're showing us say, see Sheree have to take a deuce. And then she says her poop doesn't stink, which we know is not true. I mean, I don't know what it smells like, but I'm certain that Sheree's deuce isn't smelling like the flowers that the florist is getting for Marlo's room. So I'm sure if the producers are showing us this, this means that Sheree's doing it a lot. Sheree's got, doing a lot of poop humor. And I know from this podcast, people don't always like the poop humor, but that's what Sheree's given us. And so I'm happy Sheree's doing it because it makes me laugh, but it does make me worry about the digestive system. So I can put her in touch with the gastro person here out in Los Angeles, or maybe she's got, I don't know, some sort of, I don't, we don't know. We don't know. So my heart's with her. My heart is with her. So thoughts and prayers with Sheree's digestive system. <laughs> Uh, let's take a quick break here we'll come right back and we have so much more atlanta to talk about uh the fight at the, uh, it was so good the whole thing at the end the dinner at the end moneta doing the toast you guys so many thoughts find me on social media at danny pellegrino on twitter and instagram uh get my book and thank you to a we'll be right back yeah, 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 yeah. this show is sponsored by better help that's one month for just one dollar at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. And we're back, girl. Girl? Okay. So Kenya met this guy, John, who's super cute. He's got the English accent. I love an English accent. Although my boyfriend's been watching that one show. What is it? Like Love Island? Matt's been, is it? Love Island, the UK one. I think it's Love Island. Matt's been watching the Love Island UK, and the guys are really hot, but they all have that English accent. And because they're all like sort of fuckboys on that show, whenever I hear that a male doing the British accent, now I think they're all fuckboys. And I'm not even watching the. I think it's Love or is it F Boy Island? No, it's Love Island because it's a UK show. He watches all that UK reality shows, and I can't stand it anymore. I'm like, I need to watch something with class. Put on the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Prostitution whore! (laughs) Put on an old upper jersey. I need some class in this house. Uh, anyway, he's always watching it. And I swear, all the guys, they're very hot, though. They're very hot, but they all seem so dumb. Dumb as a box of bricks. I mean, I swear there's nothing going on in any of those guys' brains. And so when I saw John and I heard the same accent as the Love Island UK boys, I'm like, okay, this guy's a dummy. But he seemed really nice and not a dummy. It's just like almost that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. Speaking of, we watched that, what's that movie, Grey Man last night. It's a Netflix movie with Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. And it was really not great. It was not <laughs> it was not good at all, but the boys are hot. I mean, watching Chris Evans I was shouting at the screen, I'm like, Kiss, kiss. And they did a couple of close ups. Every time Chris Evans is in a movie, they're always doing a close up of his caboose. And as they should, as they should, it's America's ass. I mean, that's what they need to give us. And they did it a few times and he's got the mustache, which I'm not normally attracted to that kind of, particularly the kind of mustache he has in this movie. But still, I was still so attracted. I just shot him at the screen like, kiss, kiss. That's what that movie should have been because otherwise, and I read they're doing like a sequel of that movie and a bunch of spinoffs of The Gray Man. And I don't want to see a spinoff or sequel unless they kiss in it. I mean, what are we doing here? We got Ryan Gosling. And meanwhile, was there, I think there was like one shirtless scene. I mean, it was a hot shirtless scene with Ryan Gosling. And normally he doesn't do it for me, but he was like so kind of MacGyver-esque. And there's this one scene where he's not wearing a blouse and he's, at the sink or something and he's got kind of these bruises and tattoos and stuff and I'm getting kind of hot just thinking about it Matt be a good little boy and get me a whiskey and a cigarette Uh just give me a second Uh so yeah that was a good scene but otherwise I'm not exactly sure what happened and then it was like Billy Bob Thornton was in it and it was his niece that they were trying to save but then why did they make it his niece why didn't they just make it the daughter it was kind of confusing and convoluted and I wish they would have kissed that's my review <laughs> that's my official review of the Netflix film gray man It should have been called gay man. And it should have been those two kissing without their blouses on take off the blouse and kiss. And I'm not talking about Billy Bob Thornton. I'm talking about Chris Evans with the mustache. He was giving an unhinged performance to Chris Evans, which I like. I'm like, let him be unhinged. Like let uh, these Marvel actors, they've had to be in these Marvel movies for so long. And not that this movie was great. I'm just saying, but at least, like, let them do some fun stuff because sometimes I feel like they get bogged down and they're in like ten movies, and then you all of a sudden see Chris Hemsworth or one of them in another movie, and you're like, oh, they're kind of having a fun performance. But yeah, they should have kissed. Okay, what else are we? T- where do we? How did we get on that? Netflix needs to step it up too, by the way, in the movies. I feel like they're not giving us good stuff lately, and I'm devastated about it. When when's the last time I got the Stranger Things I liked? But uh, lately, I'm like. And I know there's all this stuff about the HBO Max thing, and we're worried about some of the movies, and Batgirl was canceled and stuff. And I I don't know. Everyone needs to cool it and fix it. Okay, so The Real House is Elena. Where are we at here? So, oh, Kenya says regarding John and the accent, she says, I'm never wrong about my guys. And then the editors do a montage of all the awful men. (laughs) I loved it. Just a montage of Kenya and all our awful men throughout the years. Okay, so then we cut to dinner. Now, there's something I want to talk about at the dinner table. Of course, there's that great big fight that happens, and we'll get into all the nooks and crannies of that. But I want to focus on something that happened when they all sat down and they ordered their drinks. Now, Ralph had suggested something at the table, which they all went along with. And I'm going to play it here for you uh, in just just right now. Let's take a listen. Manetta, you want to do the toast? To great energy to John being on the trip with Kenya for the entirety of this trip. I am thrilled that Kenya's getting her groove back, but I'm more fascinated by the fact that they decided that Moneta was going to do the toast because I'd forgotten this woman was even on the trip. She's been there the whole time, and all of a sudden they're like, Moneta, you do the toast. And I'm like, who the fuck's Moneta? (laughs) who the fuck is that like, did anyone else feel that way i was like who is that and then they're doing the toast and meanwhile it's like you have a miss usa you got candy no scrubs burris you got drew starred in one of the step up movies you got sonia's two-time gold medalist i believe and you're having moneta do the toast it was so bizarre to me and i loved it and moneta believe me seems like a great gal seems like a wonderful gal I'd like to be friends with. I'd like to hang out with her. I think she'd be a good time, fun time, a kind time. She seems like genuinely good hearted, all the good things. However, that does not make for good reality TV. And so she's on this trip and they give her one or two confessionals, but they're giving her the edit of like, she's not going to be around for long. Right? Like, We're going to see her this season a couple times, but they're getting rid of her. It's almost like they're showing us her as, uh, what was that woman, Tracy, on The Real Houses in New Jersey? Prostitution whore! Remember, Tracy was around, but you could tell throughout the season, like, after her first episode, you knew that she wasn't going to be around for long, and they actually edited her out of the reunion. Did anyone catch that? Tracy, like, showed up to film the reunion, and she posted a picture of her in her reunion dress on the stage of the reunion, and then they cut out all the footage of Tracy at the reunion. Do you imagine that? <laughs> I'd have been devastated. But that's the edit where it's like that person's around a lot, and you know they're not going to be around for another season, but they're around now. And that's the edit Moneta's getting. We won't see her again. After this season, she will fly the coop, and we will never see or hear from her again. Never, ever, ever. And in a few years, when we're rewatching this season and we see Moneta on screen, we'll say, Who the fuck was that? And we'll have that – what's that um, psychological thing where you think you, something's one way? It's like the Britney Spears Baby One More Time video where you think that she wore a plaid skirt, and then you go back and watch it, and you're like, she's not wearing a plaid skirt. It's a plain black skirt. That's how I feel like it's going to be rewatching the season of Atlanta when Munieta shows up. You're going to be like, I do not remember that woman. and then like, that's what's going to happen when we rewatch this season. Who is that when they show Moneta? When we get to the scene where Moneta's given a toast and we're rewatching it two years from now, and it's like, who the fuck is that? I don't know her. Uh, but I'm happy that Kenya's getting the groove back, although John seemed to scurry out of there really early. I was devastated about that because obviously this is too much for him. They were giving him all these questions, they were asking him his age. And I was just shouting at the screen, let Kenya get fucked on vacation. Let her have some vacation fun. And they were all ruining it for because they were fighting and asking too many questions. And meanwhile, he's 37. Was anyone else surprised? They all thought he was early. I thought he was like 28 or something. And same to the with the rest of the group. They were asking, they were like, oh, you're 26, 27, 28, or 30. And he's like, I'm 37. But he did in that fuckboy accent that I like. All of a sudden, I'm liking it now. I think I might be attracted to that kind of fuckboy accent. Is that a weird thing? I don't know. I need to watch Love Island, UK. <laughs> Everyone always tells me to watch those, like the dating shows. And I try to, but there's too long. Like, same with that F-Boy Island. Somebody just said season two is so good. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to get into it. But then every time I go to click on it, it seems like a long episode. And I'm like, oh, I should just go watch The Nanny or something. You know, that's 20 minutes instead of watching this hour-long or two-hour-long thing that airs six episodes a week. It's too much. That's how I felt about The Bachelor world. Too much to keep up with. But I know that as soon as I were to put on an episode of Love Island UK or Fuckboy Island or any of those shows, those islands, if I were to get into any of those islands, I'd be fucked for at least a week. I'd I need to be in bed for a week. Next time I'm sick, then I'll binge one of those. But right now, it seems too much because I know I I know myself and I know I'd like it too much. Like that time I got really into 90 Day Fiance, that was dangerous. That was. Uh, that was a tough time in my life. I was trying to keep up with all the housewives, and I was watching Ninety Day Fiance, which is eight hours a week. Then they have the spinoffs before the Ninety Days. Darcy's got a spinoff, and suddenly I'm like watching Darcy and Stacy, uh, like I'm mainlining heroin because there's so many Ninety Day spinoffs, and I'm trying to keep up with the universe. And meanwhile, I think I just read. Speaking of the HBO news, I think I just read that they're doing a Ninety Day uh, Universe Cinematic Universe or something. And I was reading the news, and I was like, oh, there are going to be more 90-day shows. Like Maybe I'll get back into it. And I'm like, Danny, you can't. Stop it. I don't have the time or the energy to do that. And I know that as soon as I put it on, I'm going to be addicted to Darcy again. And it's hard to quit Darcy. It's hard to quit Darcy Silva, two-time guest of Everything Iconic. She's been on this show multiple times, and I did, I did meet her in real life once. Uh, but she is someone that you watch one episode of, and yet. Yeah, you don't even necessarily like it, but then you can't stop yourself. It's like you're addicted. She's a drug and you're addicted. I wonder what she's up to lately. I maybe need to maybe I do need to dive back into Darcy's universe. See what's going on with her. I miss her. I miss her. Where were we at here? What are we talking about? Oh, so then there's a, a table of guys that buy wine for the table and I was like, are these producers? Why would these guys buy this table of wine or table a bottle of wine or a bunch of wine because it's not like they were going to sleep with them. They all had dates there. That was weird to me. And then uh, Marlo congratulates Ralph for adopting Drew's son. And Ralph is like, uh, actually, I'm not doing that. And then Marlo, Marlo snaps because she said she was a foster child. And Candy saw, uh, steps in and Candy's like, well, what's going on with your situation? And Marlo says, your situation is weird because your mom comes before your man. And then Candy says, you need to worry about your own situation. So they're all yelling. It's like the situation room. They're all yelling your situation, your situation with your mom, and then your situation with the nephews. And it's like they keep saying the word situation. And Marlo brings up Mama Joyce. And you know, as soon as Mama Joyce is brought up, that's when Candy, it's like she was already hangry earlier in the episode. And now her other trigger word is Mama Joyce. And Mama Joyce is her mom, and she's not going to stand for any Mama Joyce slander. Candy will slander Mama Joyce, but nobody else is allowed to slander Mama Joyce. And so she's pissed. And that sets off Candy and sets off this whole thing. We see a flashback of Mama Joyce saying Todd is living off Candy. And all of it is shady by the producers because the producers are showing that uh, Mama Joyce said that Todd's getting uh, all this stuff if she marries Candy. And then last week on the show, remember, they showed the editors showed all of Todd's assets, which was just the New Jersey condo. Prostitution whore. That was the only asset he had. And so the editors, I'm thinking, are they against Todd and Candy? Because they do keep doing some shady shit to them. And I'm not sure what's, what does that all mean? I'm getting my monocle on. I'm trying to figure out behind the scenes what's going on with Todd and Candy because Todd was a worker on this show. He met Candy on the show when he was producing or behind the scenes of the show. So what does it mean? Do the other producers not like him? Are they pissed? What's the truth? What is the truth? Uh Candy asks everyone Oh well Cherie uh, Sheree, I keep wanting to say Sheree because we got Cherie on the real house Beverly Hills and Sheree, So I'm reading my notes and they're all Cherie uh, and Sheree, I gotta figure this out. Sheree says she's neutral. She says she's neutral, even though she's seemingly siding with Marlo. And doesn't it feel like her and Marlowe in cahoots? And meanwhile, Candy and Kenya are in cahoots. They're all on their teams. is just I guess keeping it keeping it neutral. Moneta, you want to do the toast? (laughs) I love her. Now I love Moneta, and now I want justice for Moneta. Because I feel like they're just going to edit her out. And what's that's sad. That's sad to me. She was joining this cast, and she probably was excited about it. Thought, okay, my whole life's going to change. And meanwhile, her whole life ain't going to change, because people are even going to forget she's in this season. So actually, I want justice for her. I want justice for her. I want justice for Escala over on Potomac. I don't want justice for Tracy. She was a flop. Tracy was a flop. Tracy Barber. In case anyone's forgetting her name, Tracy Barber was a flop. But I do. I actually liked Escala on Potomac. Do you remember her? She's going to be another one where we watch the old season of Potomac in a couple years. We're rewatching it on the Peacock app, or Peacock will probably be folded into Discovery Plus by that point. Uh, but so we're going to be watching it in three years, and we're gonna be like, "Who the fuck is that?" And it's going to be like, "Oh, this is my friend Escala." Like, and be like, "I don't even remember her. Who the fuck was that?" So anyway, uh they're in this big fight. Candy says uh, get a husband and you could tell me what to do with one she says to Marlo. And that was shady, but I you know how I feel about that. It's like they're all brag. I hate when they brag about having a husband and the other one don't have a husband. It's like, okay, well, what's the big whoop about having a husband? I don't know. It's not something to brag about. Ladies, am I right? I mean, who wants a bump on the log in the house with you? That's what a husband is, essentially. And believe me, I got mad here. And he's not, and he and I aren't married, but we've been together 11 plus years. And it's not something I love him dearly. But it's not something we need to throw out as an insult. Like, you don't have a husband. That's what they do on all these shows on the housewives. It's like, enough is enough. Who the fuck cares if somebody's got a husband? If anything, uh, that should be, uh, it should be the opposite. Like, I should be jealous of someone without the husband. Right? I mean, it's like they throw it out as an insult. And it's like, who the fuck cares? Single lady's got it made Single, lady, Guess what, Kenya's single and she gets to go fuck John In Jamaica She gets to cruise through John's uh, b- body Which is a wonderland I'm cruising through Jamaica I don't, know what that, <laughs> I don't know what that meant exactly Remember that song by John Mayer Your body is a wonderland What was that about And remember it was like rumored that it was about Jennifer Love Hewitt <laughs> I think I asked Jennifer Love Hewitt on this podcast If it was about her or something one of them was, like, I think one song, one of the John Mayer songs was about Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I love that for us. I love the history of that all, and honestly, more songs should be about Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Jennifer Love Hewitt should sing more songs, just as for Bare Naked. Moving on, uh, they're fighting, everyone's fighting. Todd says he was behind the scenes. Marlo says when he was behind the scenes, he was talking shit about Candy. He said, in Africa, you said she was country and lame. And Marlo says uh, that's where Candy... Matt. Oh, no, Candy says, that's where we met. So if he was saying that, it was before we even met. And then Marlo says, Candy's only known in Atlanta. And Candy's like, bitch, I'm worldwide. And then Candy says, you could put my songs on in Japan, and people will sing them. She said, the songs that I sing or the songs that I write. And because you remember, when they were in Japan, they were singing that escape song. And Candy's right about that. And I don't think we should take it away from Candy that she's got all these hits. So I wish that everyone would be nicer to Candy and respect her craft, John leaves. He just disappears. He goes to the table. No one even noticed. I don't think even Kenya noticed. He just was like nowhere to be found again. Him and Moneta were just disappearing by the end of the episode. (laughs) He left. Sonia tells everyone to calm down. Marlo and Candy apologize, but then call each other names. They're like, you're lonely. You're in denial. You're lonely. And that's the end of the episode. Next week, we get a boast. We get a a boat, a race, Drew Falls. We get Sonya versus Kenya, which I'm excited to see that play out. I am. And I think I'm on Team Kenya. I do love me Kenya. And I feel like this season of Kenya is super refreshing. And she's not being the villainous Kenya that she normally is. Normally, I think they do edit her to be much of a villain. And I feel like she's being sweet this season. And I like this side of Kenya. And she's always good. She's always good in her confessional. She's clever, witty. I love me some Kenya. Anyway, that's the week on Real Houses of Atlanta and, and all of the Jersey stuff. Prostitution whore! Girl. Girl! So uh, we'll be back later this week. We're going to talk about the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I got a good interview coming on the podcast later this week. So make sure you subscribe or wherever you listen to the podcast, hit subscribe or follow. It really helps me out a lot. So maybe it's something that you don't do. But if you listen on Spotify or Apple, it really helps us out with all of the... Uh, with all of the ads and all of that kind of stuff. So be sure to click subscribe or follow. If you listen to an Apple podcast, click follow, Spotify, follow, or subscribe. I don't know what the button is. I should know that. Here I am telling you. Uh, but it really does help us out a lot. So thank you to all who do that. I love you all. We should do our two little cool down. need to take our a deep breath in and hold it. Let's take a breath out. That was a weird way to say it, wasn't it? Take it. Let's take a breath out. <laughs> I was reading something on my phone when I said that. Sometimes I forget to tell y'all to breathe out and then you'll message me and you'll say, Danny, you forgot to say breathe out. And it's like, oops, hope nobody, <laughs> hope nobody's injured in the listening of this podcast. That's why I always tell you if you're driving, pull over it. Ladies, am I right? Let's take a deep breath in, hold it and breathe out. You know, I was looking at my phone and my background on my phone is Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan in When Harry Met Sally when they're walking through the autumn leaves. And it's been my background for the past year or so. And I was going to change it after the fall season. I never did because it makes me feel warm and cozy. And now we're coming up on the fall season. And I, for one, am ready for it. I was at the Home Goods; They got all their Halloween stuff out. They tricked me into thinking it was Halloween season, so I bought all sorts of Halloween merch. Bought a pumpkin uh, decor and uh candy dish, and I bought all sorts of stuff. And then I looked at my calendar and said you know, July 30th, and I was like, oops, hashtag whoops. But I'm ready for fall, and this heat is something I'm not interested in. I don't like the heat. I'm a natural sweater anyway. I'm an anxious person, so I tend to sweat more than most. And uh, it's unfortunate that the summer is, because I would like it to be cooler. So uh, stay cool out there. Bring on the fall. Bring on the pumpkin spice. Bring on... Oh, oh, I know I'm rambling now, but I do want to tell you one other thing. On TikTok, I'm on the TikTok now, so follow me on TikTok. I've been trying to post clips and stuff, at Danny Pellegrino. But uh, I found this thing that's how to make pumpkin spice syrup, and I made it for your coffee to make a PSL. It's very thick sugary syrup, but you put in like one teaspoon into your coffee and it actually works. I don't know how to share it with you guys, but you gotta find it somewhere. (laughs) I feel like you gotta find it online. I don't know. Google it or something, but look up like Google or Google TikTok. A PSL recipe or something like that. It, may, it should show up. I'd assume it should up, but maybe it won't. Uh, but it's this easy recipe. You put the pumpkin puree and you mix some sugar in it. And and it makes this stuff. And it honestly, you mix it into your coffee with a little bit of milk, low-skim milk or whatever. And it tastes just like the Starbucks PSL, which I don't think are going to be on sale until the end of the month. But if you need it now, if you're someone like me who's basic and wants to celebrate the fall season early, you can get this recipe on TikTok. You could follow me on TikTok. And you can have your fall a little bit early. So I'm here to here to help. I'm here to celebrate the Halloween season. Bring on Hocus Pocus 2, which will surely be a mess. And I cannot wait. I will be watching Hocus Pocus 2, even though it's sure to be terrible. And I cannot wait. And I know it will be bad. And I think we should all prepare us, ourselves for it to be bad. I don't think it will be good. And it's going straight to Disney+. Plus, and if there's one thing I've learned from the... Home Alone reboot on Disney+, Plus. it's to have our expectations low, and yet we'll still be disappointed. So let's go into it knowing that, and also go into the Santa Claus series that they're doing knowing that. They will be bad, but we will be watching. Ah, Love you all so much for listening. Stay safe. Bye-bye.